You're listening to the Volleyball by Design podcast. Today, we are going to do a little bit of a recap of DVA Live, which was my two-day coaches clinic that just occurred this past weekend, where there were so many takeaways and so much growth that happened during this weekend. And I'm going to share with you some of my takeaways that I think you'll be able to apply back to your gym or, or your programming and uh, you know put you in that right direction. So it's an episode you don't want to miss. Stay tuned. Hi, I'm Coach Brian Singh, and after a number of years coaching competitive volleyball and as the head coach of the biggest college in Canada, I've become obsessed with helping coaches improve their knowledge and skills of the game by teaching them how to coach efficiently and effectively to ultimately reach their volleyball goals. I created the Volleyball by Design podcast to give you simple, actionable, step-by-step strategies so you can get clarity and apply what you learn right away. This is... The Volleyball by Design Podcast. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to episode 113 of the Volleyball by Design Podcast. How is everyone doing out there today? Another week, we are a little over halfway through the summer, and um, I'm super excited to jump on another episode with you guys. If you are a new listener, welcome to the podcast. My name is Coach Brian Singh, and I'm the host of the podcast. And if you are a regular listener, as always, you know much I appreciate you guys tuning in for another episode where the plan is to drop some kind of value, some things that you can take back to your gym, take back to your program to help you, to make you, you know, push you in that forward direction of building a great program and having a great team and so forth. Uh, so as many of you know, depending on when you're listening to this, uh, this past weekend, we had my DVA Live, my two-day coaches clinic, where the goal of the clinic was to have everyone come from beginning to end and learn how to create a championship program. What are the ingredients of a successful volleyball program? And I think we definitely did that. Um, so, you know, shout out to all the coaches that came out this weekend. You know, I really appreciate you guys taking the time out of your weekend to come and invest in yourself and trust me to take you along that journey to help you grow as a coach. And honestly, a huge shout out to all the speakers that we had. We had some fantastic guest speakers that you know came out. My mentor, Coach John Spra. We had Taylor Averill. We had Micah Maha. We had Eric Shoji, Paige Tons. We had a bunch of great, great speakers, and they dropped a lot of knowledge on our guys. It was amazing just to see you know their perspective on certain things. And I took a ton of notes. And there's no way that I could sum up the entire weekend. Because there was so much that happened during the weekend, and I mean, I myself delivered, what, uh, like five or six presentations in addition to the guest speakers, and then we had a lot of interactive games and a lot of um, opportunities for coaches to talk amongst themselves and discuss various topics that we were doing. So it was it was overall, it was, it was great. Tiring, but it was great. So I'm just going to share a couple of my takeaways that I think uh, will help you coaches, you know, in the right direction. And most of the takeaways uh, come from our guest speakers because, well, one of the reasons was I did a lot of live trainings. So I'm, there's not much takeaways there because I did the live trainings. But from our guest speakers, they uh, they talked about a couple interesting things that I think as coaches, it's important that, that we're aware of them and maybe implement some of them. So a couple of things that Taylor said. Taylor is the he's a middle blocker US men's national team. He also plays uh, as a middle blocker in Poland. And he uh, started off by talking to our 
our listeners or our, our members at the time about player development. And he's a really big advocate of not specializing early. And he thinks that every player should be able to execute all skills. And I agree with that, especially at the younger age group. Because how many times in a rally does a middle need to set? You know, like maybe in certain situations, the ball might come in the middle, might have to set the ball. Or a backcourt player might have to set. Everyone has to set the ball in some way. In some way, eventually, you're going to have to use your hands. You know, like with the exception of the libero, everyone's got to be able to block. Everyone's got to be able to swing with the exception of the libero. You know, like there are certain things, but, but, but at the same time, too, if you're a young athlete coming up, you don't know what you're going to be in the future. You have no idea if you're going to be a left side, a middle, a right side, a libero, et cetera. Who knows until, you're, until you try to do these things. So, and, and you know, last week we had Coach Wayne Wilkins on it, kind of talking about the similar things about not specializing so early or, or rather, you know, doing all the skills. You know, having kids experiment when they're serving from area one, area five, area six. So we really have to, you got to understand that we want to, we don't want to specialize. We want to really work on the skill, 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 which it was a very big theme this weekend. A lot of coaches uh, spoke about the skill. A lot of our speakers talked about maximizing the skill. Another uh, interesting point Taylor made that I thought was pretty cool was he said in his, in his entire playing career so far, the best coaches that he had, had they all had something in common. And he said that they were his friend, but also held him to an extremely high standard and held him accountable when they needed to be, or when they needed him, or when he needed to be held accountable. So it was finding this balance between caring, I guess, or you know, being their friend, having being a person that they don't have to worry about approaching, right? But at the same time, holding them accountable, not, not showing any favoritism and really challenging them both mentally and physically and, and you know, putting them through work. So finding that balance was, uh, was pretty interesting. And he said that the best coaches found that balance and, were, and he, the relationship that he had with them was fantastic. And, you know, it's kind of interesting because I, as a coach myself, I try to do that too. Like I, I wholeheartedly try not necessarily not necessarily to be their friends, but you know have have a lot of fun with them. You know, be that be that coach that they don't have to worry about. Oh man, coach is here. You know, have that. I'm obviously it's not gonna be like twenty four seven. Don't get me wrong. There's gonna be times where we don't want coach to be here, but you know, have that care friendly. Like you know, I I like to play basketball with some of my volleyball players, and I joke around with them. Like humor is a big part of it, and but at the same time, I hold them accountable. So things like that, and. He he also said something that was pretty interesting, which was uh, the the best the best time or the the let me rephrase this when when players were pushing each other, so when players initiated the, the like the pushing each other and making each other get better, that had more value than when the coaches were pushing the players. So that's interesting, and I think that's important. So. You know, when when we as coaches, when we're thinking about the opportunity to push our players and, and, you know, really try to drill them into whatever we're trying to drill them into, it may be better if you allow your veterans or your captains, the leaders on your team to initiate certain things to get it for. Because it's a lot different if your your leaders, you know, the veteran players on your team are playing hard 
and then versus you trying to get the team to play hard because when they play hard by, by default the rest of the team is going to play hard and that's the key and it's so true because i think about it to my practices like when i want my guys to go hard and they're not but one of my players one of my good players starts turning up and getting into work it elevates the entire gym and the entire practice so i think you know that's actually it's something that you know i i got to think about more of how i can get my players to you know my my veterans dial in and be you know be aggressive and when they need to be and really challenge the other guys so they can elevate to that level and one other thing you said too i mean i guess it kind of goes hand in hand but delivery of information is key you know delivery of information is key so sometimes it's not what you say but how you say it and he was talking about that he had you know he, he would have two coaches and one coach would be really mean about a, about something like let's say let's say for example you know you i'm gonna give you i don't think this was his, his example but let's say i'm trying to tell a player to you know make sure that they're passing outside their body so their platform is away from their body well, I could yell at them and say, what are you doing? Your platform is off. It should be outside this. Or I could be like, hey, Taylor, why don't you try putting your platform outside and let's let's see how well, how well you do there. Or I noticed that you're, you're, not, you're not being as successful doing it this way. Can Charles try to put an emphasis on keeping it out there? So the information is the same, but the delivery was different. So being very you know cautious and, well, aware rather of your delivery can really help in your relationship with your players. So connection is key connection connection is key and the last and by the way taylor spoke for an hour so there's so much takeaways but the last thing that i think um i took away is the ability to play games and compete you want the kids to play and compete as much as possible because that's when they grow they grow when they play they grow when they compete so figuring out a way where you can implement some kind of game in your skill development and 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 most of the things you do in your gym will pay dividends. So those are kind of the things that I took away from Taylor. Uh, there was a lot more. And by the way, for those of you that did show up to DVA Live, um, there is uh, all the videos have been uploaded. So it's in the DVA Live portal. And if by the way, if you um if you didn't come to DVA Live, uh, I have all the recordings. So if you would like to purchase the recordings of the all the entire sessions. They're there. Um, just reach out to me. Uh, you can either, you know what? You can still go to volleyballworkshop.com, I think, as of right now, and you can still get them. Um, or you can just reach out to me if you want copies of them. I don't have actually have a link set up for that stuff. So right now, volleyballworkshop.com will be your best bet. Or just reach out to me um, on email or Instagram. I'll put it in the show notes. Just reach out to me there, and then that way I can kind of hook you up, and you can uh, get a link to that to that. Um, to the recordings. So let's move on to some takeaways from my uh, my mentor, John Spraw. So m- a couple of things that I took away, now mind you, I mean, John is my mentor, so I, I kind of know his vision and I know how he, how he does things. But even just, again, you know, I'm, I'm always picking up on a couple of different things. And some things that I think will help you coaches is he talked about when he, you know, when he does his, his planning and getting ready for a season or when, when he plans his program, period, he has what he calls a list of absolutes. Basically, they're like your non-negotiables. So he sits down and he has, you know, this is what my non-negotiables are, my absolutes. And he puts them down. And that is what every player on his team needs to, needs to be able to do. 
You know, they need to be able to execute these absolutes or there's going to be a problem or it's not going to work. And his absolutes are, you know, it can be simple things like energy, enthusiasm, you know, like little things like that where it's controllable effort. That's not effort's not one of his, but I'm just I'm just saying what absolutes are. I think energy and enthusiasm was definitely one of his um, absolutes. You know, little little things like that, and whatever yours are, you, everyone's absolute could be different. Yours, your non-negotiables could be something completely different. Uh, I know, like some of my non-negotiables are. Well, effort is one of mine. That's a non-negotiable. If you're on, and it should be a non-negotiable for everyone. When you are when you step foot on that court, you are putting your best effort, without a doubt. And if you're not, you're not holding yourself to a high standard, and you shouldn't be out there. Okay, so things like that. There is um, there is one quote that he said that I, I don't remember who who told him the quote, but if you guys watched uh, the VNL final, U.S versus France, they were down significantly two sets to none. France was dominating the match, dominating, and Spra had to do a change. He had to do something. So he mixed up his lineup a little bit, and he put TJ at right side, TJ DeFalco at right side. And it was an interesting uh, interesting move, and he said that the, the, the he, there was... A, he didn't even know. He said there wasn't anything tactical. He's like, he needed a different look. And he had a conversation with TJ. And he's like, you know, where do you want to go? And TJ said, opposite. He's like, sure. Let's try it out. And the quote that he said was, the only sub I regret is the one I didn't make. And I was like, that's interesting. The only sub I regret is the one I didn't make. And uh, there you go. And I mean, that, that's a, you know, that th- those types of subs are like, you know, this guy's been coaching for you know, 20, 25 years. So that's a sub that a 20 year vet makes, but you never know. Okay. The other thing that I took away from Spra, I think the, well, probably one of the last things here I'll say is leadership groups. Now I've been, this concept of leadership groups continues to come up and it's coming up more and more where I feel like this, uh, you know, if you don't have a leadership group on your team that you may be missing out. Um, and it's, it's some, something that I think that, you know, coach Wayne Wilkins talked about it on last week's episode where we need to maybe start moving away from having a captain. Yes. You'll have a captain that does their duties in terms of, you know, going and flipping the coin, like, you know, calling the coin toss and stuff like that. But a leadership group I think has, is more powerful because if you have team captains, for example, you know, three or four captains on your leadership group. And they're initiating things in practice. They're holding guys accountable. They're taking it upon themselves to make sure that you know everyone is on the right page. That is far more powerful than one person. In fact, it's probably going to put a lot of pressure on one person to do that. You know, if a leadership group says, "Hey, we need to have a team meeting, a players only team meeting," boom, you have a players only team meeting. And it, and also the leaders hold themselves accountable as well. So I like that. And uh, what actually, what Spra does is really cool is when he has leadership meetings, he actually has it open to the entire team. The entire team can come and listen, but it's a leadership meeting within the coaches and the leaders. But the, the entire team can listen in. They can come in and listen in and, and just be part of it if they want. But I, I, I find that really, I, I like that. The lead, I think I'm going to, me as a coach personally, I'll probably implement that a little more than, um, than I have in the past. And then, um, so that's pretty it from, from John. There was a bunch of other things he talked about, but those were my big takeaways. And again, if you're a DVA member or you want to listen to 
the, all the sessions, you can easily do that. Volleyball workshop or just send me a message. Uh, let's talk about Paige. So Paige, Paige is a mental skills coach. And she specializes, she, she works with a lot of female athletes and she has a lot of great strategies uh, in terms of how to, you know, how to, how you, how you manage the relationships and how you help your players with confidence and, you know, not breaking down and things like that. Um, and one of the things that I thought was interesting that she said was asking for permission from the athlete. I thought that was really unique. So instead of giving the athlete feedback right away, you'll say, hey, can I, can I give you some feedback right now? So you're, you're, you're kind of th- th- putting, putting all the, the onus on them and they're going to say, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, I'd love the feedback. And then, you, and then that way, the feedback apparently she finds is more receptive. It's, it's from, a, from a different place. And it's a simple thing like asking permission from the athlete. And the athlete's not going to say no. So it's interesting that, you know, how, how they do that. I, I like that. I think I'm going to start using that a little more too. It's just, you know, a simple asking for permission, just a simple shift, but it does a lot. Um, another thing she mentioned that I thought was interesting was when an athlete makes a mistake. So when, an, and I, I think I've talked about this in the past, but when an athlete makes a mistake, there, they, there needs, there needs to be a, what she calls a mistake ritual. So doing something, doing an action after the mistake it has to be something. So whatever that is, whether it's breathing, whether it's a routine, whether you, you know, you, you run, you, you run to that line and come back, you shrug your, you take it off your shoulder, like, you know, like take your hands and shrug it off your shoulders, whatever it is, but there should be a mistake ritual. And I like that. It takes your mind off the mistake that just happened. You do your ritual and you can refocus on the next point because in volleyball, you have seconds because the next ball is getting served over. So I thought that was really interesting. The, the mistake ritual. I like that. Um, that's pretty much the, the major things I, I took away from, from Paige. She, she had a lot of other things where she talked about questions, you know, like certain questions you can ask your athletes and open up the conversation to letting them know, you know, letting them share their feelings and being at, at peace with their feelings. And, and also if they're feeling a way that they, that, that's hindering their performance, it's something you can talk about. So, uh, let's, uh, let's go to Micah. Micah was a really interesting one too. So Micah Maha came on, you know, U.S. National Center, and, and he, uh, I mean, he's come from a really, really, really rigorous train. Like, his dad was his coach, and his dad ran a tight shift, um, a really, really tight, where they would, it was drill, 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 and he held them to such a high standard. And it's no surprise that so much great volleyball players come out of Hawaii. Um, but he, uh, he instilled a lot of work ethic, and a lot of like, really, really attention to detail, attention to detail, you know? So he actually, he said it, he, he told us an interesting story about how, you know, they would, they would practice like the fundamentals and the high percentage shots and like, you know, hitting deep corner, you know, hitting to like deep one or deep five, like those money shots, making sure that the pass is perfect, a free ball, getting it to your target right away. And that's what got them excited. Not bouncing balls, not like, not stuff like that, but it was the little nuances that got them excited. And he had a high standard for them to do that. And I found that really interesting, putting such a such an emphasis on the little things, not the bounces in the game, but the little things. So a couple of things that I, I, I thought was cool was he said that the important factors of programming, and he, he came up with three things, trust, you have to absolutely have trust 
in the team, in your players, in your coaching staff. You must have trust. Uh, and when it, when he says trust, is like, you know, you can have a hundred different ways to accomplish something, but everyone needs to be on the same page. Whatever whatever direction your team chooses to do to go and get that that objective, uh, to get that task accomplished, everyone has to be on the same page, and we have to trust that we're on the same page. So trust was really big. The other one that I think goes without saying in this case is belief. It's it's interesting because so Micah's professional team was uh, I think they were ranked one of the lowest in their league, and a lot of people wrote them off, but they came to a point where they believed in themselves, and when they did, um, they did some great things. They beat some great teams and ended up making the playoffs. It was like the first time in in either the, either the history or a really long time in the club. Like it was like forty years. I can't, maybe I can't, I can't remember, but it was a really long time since they made the playoffs. And their, their mantra after that was belief. So interestingly enough, when you're playing against a good team and you know that it's going to be very challenging, maybe you know, maybe you, you wholeheartedly believe you're going to lose. If you wholeheartedly believe that, then there's a good chance your players are going to believe that too. So the belief is important. Do you believe you're going to win? You have to figure out a way to believe in yourself that your team and yourself as a coach has the ability to be competitive and maybe win a game. So that's interesting. Um, accountability. You talked a little bit about accountability. You know, as coaches, you have to hold yourself accountable just like you hold your players accountable. And some of that came with consistency. So uh, actually, I, I kind of like this point. As coaches... We may have bad days, but one thing is that we have to be consistent in our coaching. So if we bring a certain type of energy normally, we have to be consistent in bringing that type of energy. Because if we have a bad day and our energy is lower than it normally is, then that's probably going to result in a lower energy practice because the players are going to feed off that low energy that that the coach is giving. So, you know, making sure that your consistency with your energy or whatever you do as a coach is consistent for the season. And I actually, I mean, to be quite honest, I I wholeheartedly try to do that. Like I try to have consistency in my coaching because I I get it. I I actually, I actually have noticed that when I have a low energy type of practice or I'm not as, I don't want to say engaged because I am engaged, but I'm, I'm not my normal self. how I normally am. I can tell the practice dies really fast. So it's important that we, you know, we, we hold ourselves to that standard. Um, one thing that he said was really interesting that helped him in his development of all skills was short court. Uh, not a lot of times you get to play short court, but he said short court is amazing. And I, and I don't remember the country he used, but the country, there's a country, where is it? France some or a European country? I can't remember. Um, that at a certain age group, they play a three on three and the court is a lot shorter and they play three on three because you're going to get double the amount of touches than if you were playing six on six. If you think about it, and they play three on three until like twelve u or thirteen u or something like that, um, where it gets high, like maybe the net goes up, and then they start getting six on six and so forth. And he's like, those countries, the ball control for those countries are next level. It's insane. Um, and I thought that was that was kind of interesting. So you know, maybe doing a lot more short court, a lot more two on two, three on three, so you get multiple touches on the ball, and you get to work on your ball control as well. 
So, uh, and and then one of the other things he added to, sorry, I'm thinking, Micah had a lot to say, and I'm 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 only scratching the surface here on what he had to say. But um, for coaches, when you when your setters ask you what they can do at home, he said two things: touch the ball, touch 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 the ball a lot, and watch film. The more film you watch, and you've heard me say this a million times on the podcast, but the more film you watch, the more your awareness of the game becomes. And you know what's interesting? I actually I actually talked about this in one of my live trainings. So research has shown that if you observe with intent, you are getting better. So let me give an example. This is kind of a little off topic, but you know when you're doing drills in practice? When you do drills in practice, and let's say you're doing like a, a drill where, you know, after you, you 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 pass, maybe you have to come off for like a, you know maybe a minute, and then you go back on. Well, in that minute, normally players are just standing around waiting for their turn, and they're not really doing anything. Versus, if you're observing with intent, meaning you're watching the players pass, like you're the rest of your team, you're watching them pass, and you're watching them with intention. Like, what are they doing? You're looking at them and saying, oh, what are they doing? Oh, maybe you notice that, oh, this player passes really well when they do this. Oh, I'm going to try that. Oh, this is what it looks like when this player does this wrong. So even though you're not directly involved in the play, by observing, intentionally observing, you're actually learning and you're becoming a better player. So when you same thing like at home, when you're watching film, watch film with intent as a setter. You look, you're looking at the setter and you're asking yourself, well, why did the setter make that set? You know, how do you make that set? Let's let's slow it down and look at and freeze frame his contact point. How is he contacting the ball? Like all of these little things you can do um, at from home. And I think it's great. And then our our, our last speaker, um, so those are all the things about Eric. Our last speaker um, was Eric Shoji, men's national team libero. Uh, and Shoji, I mean, Eric has been a, he's a veteran. He's been playing the game for years now. What is he, 13, 14 years in as a pro? No, I lied. He's not 13, 14, he's a pro. That that would make him really old. He's been playing the game at a high level for definitely 13, 14 years. That's for sure. Um, and his three things, very similar to Micah in a sense, his three things were trust, consistency, and joy, which now that I'm saying them out loud, is very similar to Micah's. Uh, Micah had belief and accountability, but, you know, and consistency is exactly what I described earlier, consistency from the coach. You know, consistency with the same energy, fairness, etc. Uh, joy, you have to have joy, of course. You have to have joy when you're playing, and uh, and then trust is obviously there as well. So those are the big ones. Um, sorry, I, I, my, uh, Eric spent most of his time answering questions from our, um, our members that were on, uh, but I, I just took some of the notes that he talked about in terms of, you know, things that he've noticed. Um, and those are the big ones, trust, consistency, and joy. And, and he spent, he spent some time talking about like what I mentioned earlier about the consistency of the coach. I like that. Okay. Let me just, uh, do a little recap here. So with, with Taylor, we talked about not specializing so early. Um, we talked about the, you know, balancing, you know, the, being a friend and holding their player accountable. We talked about delivery of information. You know, it's not that sometimes it's not what you say, but how you say it. Um, really understanding that connection is key. And then obviously, you know, trying to play and compete. Play, let them play, let them compete. They get better when they do that, okay? Uh, then we talked about, then we went to uh, Spra. 
We talked about the, the non-negotiables, your absolutes. Hey, what are your absolutes? Uh, making sure you understand them, and your, uh, which is your non-negotiables. Uh, his quote was, the only sub I regret is the one I didn't make. And then the leadership groups, which we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks. Leadership groups are extremely important. Uh, and then in terms of Paige, our mental skills coach, uh, Paige talked about asking permission from the athlete. So, you know, like, hey, you know, you mind if I give you some feedback right now? You know, things like that. Um, and she talked about a mistake ritual, having something you do uh, when you make a mistake beforehand. So before you make the mistake, you already have your plan. What is your ritual right when that mistake happens? So you can do it and you can move on. You know, breathing could be one of them, shaking it off, like taking your hand and, you know, shaking your, like shoving off your shoulders, things like that. Uh, Micah, we talked about uh, the accountability, the belief and the trust. And then with Eric, it was uh, trust, consistency, and joy. All right, those are the big takeaways from him. Okay, so that's it for me. Hope you guys got a chance to take some things away. As I mentioned earlier, if you would like to watch the DVA Live, um, all the recordings are uploaded, and they're actually searchable, which is really cool. You can actually search within the video for key terms. So like if you're looking at, I don't know, like Eric Shoji. You know Eric Shoji is one of the best liberos in the world. If you if you go to the um, his his session, you could actually search within a session for keywords. So you could literally type in passing. And if he ever mentions passing in that video, it'll take you to that moment in the video where he talked about passing. So I have a really cool software in there that allows you to do that. So it's really efficient. Um, you know, Mike Maha, setter. If you went into the thing and you went to like set location or something, it'll take you to that moment where he talked about that. Uh, so, you know, interesting. But it's a really cool software I have in there. So uh, yeah, if you want that, um, if you're listening to this, you know, relatively the next couple of weeks when this episode is launched, volleyballworkshop.com, you can probably get it there. If not, just reach out to me on Instagram, Brian Singh underscore Coach B. I'll put it in the show notes. My email, I'll put my email in the show notes as well. So you can email me if you if you would like a, a link to purchase the workshop or the coaches clinic rather and get access to the, all the video recordings. All right. I will see you guys next week on another episode of the Volleyball by Design Podcast. Take care. All right, cue the music. Look, are you at the stage you want to be in your volleyball journey? How would it feel to get clarity on your training? And instead of taking months to get better, you could improve in weeks, if not days. When I was a young coach and player, I felt this way all the time. The truth is, after I got some great advice on how to be efficient, my learning curve grew exponentially. Let me show you how to be more efficient and effective in this game. I invite you to check out CoachBTraining.com for more resources that you can use to take your game to the next level. I look forward to helping you reach your volleyball goals.